1: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you in part by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed. One more time for the month of June, we ring the bell. On the only podcast that you need the only show from the only website you need to keep you up to date on everything going on with the sweet science we are here from Big Fight Weekend and however you found us social media link uh, via the sports gambling podcast their network of shows sportsgamblingpodcast.com thank you for doing so make sure you follow or subscribe apple podcast spotify google podcast subscribe podcast automatically comes to you in the preview mode usually friday morning friday mid afternoon as we head towards the weekend, which is part of our name. But if you are subscribed and we do special recap podcast or a special podcast, you get it automatically as well. If you are following or subscribing on the podcast platforms. So thank you for doing so. Thank you publicly again to Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, everybody with the sports gambling podcast and their website, because they help push us, help promote us so that more and more of you uh, thousands and thousands of you have found us uh, here. We see that right now in the audience, Uh, analytics, et cetera, that we've got thousands and thousands and thousands of you finding us. So thank you to Sean and Ryan for helping push us along. I want to tell you that I'm looking forward to talking with Marquise Johns. He's back this week off the one-week hiatus. He's here straight ahead, senior writer from BigFightWeekend.com. Later on in the podcast, Ryan O'Hara from Ring TV, boxing insider and writer, uh, a member also of the uh, uh, Professional Boxing Writers Association, So uh, we look forward to talking with him on a couple of different subjects and we've got fights. Yes, we've got fights, including world championship fights. Well, I say world championship fight. There's a WBC world championship fight in Mexico. There's a WBA something regular world title sort of fight uh, between Mario Barrios and that belt against Gervonta Davis at 140 pounds. And then a non-title main event on ESPN, but it has a lot of intrigue Vasily Lomachenko And uh, Nakatani from Japan, essentially an elimination fight for the lightweight uh, number one contender supremacy, if you will. That's the main event in Vegas, top rank ESPN. We'll get to all of that as the show goes on with uh, Marquise, with Ryan O'Hara. Look forward to that. All right. So, all of that is good. Let's get to it. Let's get to what happened last weekend and much more. Here he is, Marquise Johns, back with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, all right. So are you good off the vacation? Did you enjoy like the beach and the massage and the uh, and the uh, all the, uh, the 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 high roller uh, Learjet and, you know, all the different things that you did while you were away last week? And I was slaving away on the podcast without you. Are you good? Are you well rested? Are you geared up? Are you ready to go?
0: I am ready to go TJ have my umbrella drinks and uh, I saw uh, your boy uh, Bernie Uh, he's still on the beach by the way I don't don't know if that's not a good idea or not but everything's ready to go I'm looking forward to these fights this weekend
1: but the the thing is is you and I make jokes about movies in the 80s and 90s and we're becoming older and like the Gen Z (laughs) crowd the under 30 year olds they don't know weekend at Bernie's but you and I know weekend at Bernie's which is good (laughs) um of course I made a dumb and dumber reference to you off the air and you were kind of you know, incredulous at me making it. Am I that old that dumb and dumber eludes you right now from the 1990s with Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels? No, that's
0: on me because I should have known that. That's probably one of the better Come dumb on. and dumber movies that Jim Carrey made also as well.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they made a lot of money though off of that movie that's for sure all right so uh let's get to the recaps and the results of last week we want to tell you that we've also got some fight odds coming gervonta davis mario barrios the lomachenko fight we'll go over some of the odds some of our predictions you know, last weekend we were looking at predictions about knockouts and the odds on that Jamal charlo in action uh with Mo- with juan montiel in houston we spent a lot of time talking about that fight last week marquise let's dive right in a bit of a surprise it was not a charlo knockout it ends up being a 12 round decision where montiel not only showed a big time chin to not go down but he also fired back on jamal charlo your analysis of what you saw and the problems that charlo had on not being able to score the ko yet again as a middleweight champion he has another fight fourth time in five fights that he's had a middleweight title defense now go the distance what are your thoughts marquise
0: it's interesting, TJ, because I would have thought out of all the opponents that Charlo was supposed to absolutely obliterate, you would have thought it would have been this WBC mandatory guy that is found just, you know, just a slot in the rankings. And for all those of and purposes, TJ, for about the first five rounds, Charlo was punching this dude in the face at a point of no return. Is that he just wouldn't go down? And then by I, I, honestly, TJ, it makes you wonder: does Charlo have enough ammo to keep to actually put guys away? Because after the eighth round, Monteo kept fighting back, and the scorecards are a little wide, to be honest with you, but it's a hometown fight. It is what it is with that. But the one thing I thought was interesting more than anything else was not only did Montiel stand up and look pretty, pretty, pretty rugged and durable with this, it got, it's pretty much getting up. Probably TJ another never fought on one of these showtime cards and he's been invited to Charlo sparring training camps now. So iron sharpens iron. And if you can't, if you want to spar with a guy, you can't knock out. You can't do any better than that.
1: <laughs> well, and I know uh, that he rocked, and, and even if Charlo wants to try to, play it off he rocked charlo a couple of times and backed him off and scored with combinations uh yes charlo wobbled him but was never able to drop him uh montiel had never been beyond 10 rounds in his career went the full 12 here I wrote about this on the website. Jamal Charlo is undefeated. He's talented. He's an action-packed fighter. Nobody's taking anything away from being unbeaten. Former junior middleweight world champion with his brother kind of in the same division. He moved up to middleweight, got the WBC belt, has been defending it. You cannot deny that he's been victorious. You cannot deny that he's been impressive in terms of output and scoring. But isn't there legitimate concern that his punch is not translating into knockouts in the middleweight division, even against so-so competition? He's not scoring knockdowns, knockouts, and stoppages. All right, I wrote that. I'd love to know what you think.
0: Actually, TJ, I agree with what you wrote this past weekend for Big Fight Weekend because it reminds me of another name, TJ, and it's a name that he's been that that's been mentioned to fight for him for the longest. And Demetrius Andre with the same problem. Kind of funny, TJ. You have two middleweights who uh, have issues knocking guys and putting guys away with knockouts. Not wanting to fight each other, boxing 101. Who knew? But I really think it's interesting with Charlo because the last two fights Charlo's had, he's made ex- well three well the, not the, the three fights the Deverchenko fight we did that was going to go to the cards. There's no way around that. But the fight against Brandon Adams, it went to the decision because of of an injury. This one, he said it was because of something else as well. So at some point, TJ, no one's going to get tired of hearing these excuses. Either either put these guys away or just fight.
1: And we're going to talk about this later on with Javante Davis moving up another weight class now to 140. I mean, he was fighting as recently as a year ago at 126 pounds or 130 pounds at featherweight or super featherweight. He's now going to fight at 140, super lightweight or junior welterweight, whatever you prefer. And sometimes your punching power doesn't translate anymore when you've moved up a weight class, a second weight class. And so all this talk that Jamal Charlo might move up to 168 and try to fight Canelo Alvarez, is he going to have the punch? Because Alvarez has progressively moved up, say what you will, insert the PED joke here. He's moved up to middleweight and still maintained a punch. He moved all the way up to light heavyweight and was banging Sergey Kovalev as a light heavyweight has moved back down to 168 and is banging and knocking down and knocking out uh, super middleweights. So that's a great... Um, a comparison that Canelo's punch has still moved up with him to middleweight, to super middleweight, and to light heavyweight. I just don't see it the same with, with Charlo, and, and I would have real concern about him at 168 having any kind of impact against a Canelo Alvarez.
0: That's the problem, TJ, because with Canelo, essentially his last few fights, we, we, essentially the Callum Smith fight, which pretty much Callum Smith was playing the shell defense for about 12 runs once he realized he, could, he had no shot, He's been blowing these guys away. Grand, it, 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 you know, I'll be whatever. But the, the knockout of Saunders is impressive. The knockout of Kovac is impressive. And I don't think that's going to change with that, with, with Canelo. You, you, it, it always, everyone, TJ, wants to fight Canelo. But none of these guys have shown the ability either to hang with Canelo or have the physical attributes to either match up
1: in the ring one, one way or another. But it's all about the pay to get in the fight. So we're, we're stuck with this. All right, so more on uh, Andrade. Will he maybe be fighting Gennady Golovkin a little bit later on on the show? But uh, in any event, Charlo, what what happens for him next? Is there maybe a unification fight? Does he try to move up, et cetera? Again, he's now 32-0, and 0, and I can't be any clearer. He's entertaining to watch. He's had success, and maybe it's one of those where you get uh, to a certain point at a different weight where you're not a knockout guy anymore. And maybe he is to that point because clearly this was a guy that Jaime Munguia back in 2018 drilled in two rounds. In the first minute of the second round, he laid him out. So, yeah. and Munguia fighting at middleweight at 160 at the same weight as uh, as Charlo here. So, all right, we'll wait to see on that. Simultaneous to that show was the top ranked boxing card where the monster, Naoya, in a way, defended his unified bantamweight titles again, the Japanese hero. One, as, as expected, he beat the Filipino Michael Dasmarinas uh, by mm-hmm. third-round knockout. Marquise is smiling because it was a liver shiver. It was a liver shiver like times three, a liver shiver hat trick. He kept knocking him down with the lefts to the body and stopped him eventually in the third round. Your insight and analysis on what the monster did, please.
0: Credit to uh, uh, my hot and spicy Dasmarinas for actually getting up after that second body shot only to be absolutely annihilated with a third one TJ. It's one of those knockdowns where it's like oh it, it, it reminds me of the old school cartoons where it's like you see the road runner, you see the coyote, you see the cliff, you know what's going to happen next. It's just guaranteed. And it, but anyway, it's always interesting now because the way it's set up now is a uh, 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 Norito Donaire is supposed to be facing Casero and at some point he's going to want a unification fight between one of these one of these title holders at 118. They're kind of playing the shell game a little bit, playing keep away because I think they're they're slating they're slating the winner of that fight supposedly to fight now. We'll we'll see what happens with that, but if that's the case, TJ, we'll 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 see anyway
1: more of these fights. So I, I thought it's interesting that, that as you mentioned, and since we last did the podcast here, the news has come out that Donaire is now uh, the, as the uh, oldest bantamweight champion ever. And again, to go back in the chronology, the monster beat Donair in December of 2019 mm-hmm. um, and took his title, took his world title. And so now uh, the monster has two of the belts. Donair has since upset Nordino Bale uh, by knockout, has the WBC belt. And now we're going to get a unification fight with the WBO champion, John Riel Casimiro. speaking of another Filipino fighter. So the two Filipino fighters will fight. And then will we see an undisputed 118 that is potentially the monster Donair Part 2? That's what everybody's wondering here. And you're a little hesitant, I hear, as to whether that's going to be anytime soon, no matter who wins Donaire Casimiro, it may not be the, the monster next.
0: I don't think it's going to be the monster next season because I just think you're going to play keep away with these belts just because that's what, that's what boxing does with, with these promotions and labels. I'm, I'm looking forward to this that uh, Donaire fight because I, I know Donaire wants, wants that, that, that Inouye fight again, which a lot of folks do actually. I'm actually intrigued to see if that happens again as well. Uh, it's just a matter of will that actually happen or will the, the promotional outlets let it happen? We'll, we'll find out sooner or later.
1: All right, uh, so again, a little bit later on, we're going to talk about the fights this weekend. We're still going over some news of the week. Ryan O'Hara of Ring TV with us in a little bit uh, with some of that news of the week, and then we'll get into the fight predictions for Javante Davis, Mario Barrios, Lomachenko, Nakatani in Las Vegas, again on top rank, the the uh, Davis Barrios in Atlanta State Farm Arena. The word is, again, there have been over 15,000 tickets sold uh, for this on... Uh, Saturday night on pay-per-view. Interesting that it's in and around the Atlanta Hawks playing playoff games uh, as well. Uh, Who knew the Hawks would still be alive in NBA playoff games, but the State Farm Arena will be rocking for the next few nights, including Davis Barrios, we believe, and Julio Cesar Martinez, also the WBC 115-pound super flyweight uh, world champ fighting in Mexico. So three different fight cards of interest. We'll get into the predictions and the odds uh, in a little bit. A couple more just real quick. The Manny pacquiao Errol Spence fight for August is now set. T-Mobile Arena is where it will be. Uh, as it turns out, WWE Professional Wrestling SummerSlam, they got the venue of Allegiant Stadium, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, There, 65,000-plus. So wrestling will be there Saturday night in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium while the fight for Pacquiao and Spence will be at the T Mobile Arena, 18,000 seat venue at the end of the Vegas Strip. It's most known for being the hockey arena for the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL that have been having a Stanley Cup playoff run. All right. So, what do you make of that? No stadium for Fury Wilder, no Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, no stadium for Pacquiao and Spence, Marquise
0: wonder tj if it's more of just everyone just shooting pipe dreams or just my theory at this point especially with the uh fury wilder fight where we need to really start fact checking bob arum and i know because we don't because he's 89 years old and we don't we don't fact check the elderly in this country for one reason or another poppy from the dan levitard show is a great example of that but nonetheless we need to we need to start doing a little better part of that but i think it's mainly because tj i think a lot of that is because the financial parts of it and they realize they can make the same amount of money at a smaller venue as opposed to having to pay a cut to a the owners of the Las Vegas Raiders, no, I mean. That's true,
1: too. Well, and the <laughs> other thing is, we we gave this example without going into all of the specifics, but the Canelo Saunders fight had in the neighborhood of 65,000 tickets sold, but only, only made around 9 million live gate. You go back to Wilder Fury 2 at mm-hmm. the MGM Grand Garden Arena that had 15,000, 16,000 tickets sold. and still made 16 or 17 million dollars 10 or 11 million dollars more so that's where i'm sure you crunch the numbers on we can charge more for the premium tickets and make more money and have less capacity it'll still be a loud arena that appears to be the same uh economic strategy that uh that pbc is using for the pacquiao spence fight here that less is more in the arena setting, we can charge more on average for the tickets and probably make 75% or, or 100% double the money on the live gate revenue. That appears to be uh, a big part of the motivation. And one more while we're at it, speaking of Wilder and Fury, I, I'm just checking here. We're in to the end of another week which would be like the fourth week, right, that we continue Mm -hmm. to hear about Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk, uh, which now is not happening in August, was rumored to be happening in September. We're on week number three, because you know that I keep track of this, of we'll have an announcement next week from Eddie Hearn. That's what he (laughs) said for three months about the whole Fury Wilder stuff. We're now on week three of... Uh, I'm sorry. The uh, the Joshua Fury stuff. We're now on week three of Joshua Usyk. Not signed. Not official. We'll have an announcement next week. Marquise, give us some more insight here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. What what do we think is really going on here?
0: At this point, TJ, I don't think her. Well, at this point, I don't think her wants to fight for Joshua, and I don't think he's want to fight for Joshua for a while. He's been talking about dropping the. Joshua was talking about dropping that WBO belt before the pandemic. I think a lot of people forget about that. And it, it took a, the loss to Andy Lewis to, to kind of make that sweep like, under the rug a little bit. And I just don't think that Joshua – and let's be honest, DJ, what's, what's more attractive, Joshua Fury or Joshua Usyk? Without a doubt, if, you're, if you say do you Joshua you believe Usyk, by, s-
1: by saying that, do you believe he has concern that Usyk could give Joshua problems if not beat him again? And now you're tied up with a rematch with Usyk – as, as opposed to being able to fight Fury? Is it a legit concern that Usyk could beat him?
0: It's a legit concern, TJ, because there's a possibility that Usyk may pull up that upside. It, 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 it's one of those things, but it's a great unknown with Usyk at heavyweight. We, we, we've only seen him in limited fights against such as Zora and uh, uh, Chaz Witherspoon. You know, you can't really gauge too much out of that. You see if it, it translates that equipped division. But the one thing that we do know about uh, Usyk is that he was a unified cruiserweight champion, and you don't just lose how to play, play boxing if you're a unified champion regardless of weight division. So it's more of an intrigue of, of the ability, of TJ, of maybe he's just playing keep away to make sure he, uh, Joshua doesn't lose these belts again before uh, this just make a fight between the winner of this water fury happens.
1: One to 10, 10. It absolutely happens. One. It has no chance of happening. Joshua Usyk, September or otherwise one to 10. Uh, four. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting to see four. WBL emails. I'm, 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 more see... Opti- I'm, I'm more optimistic that it's seven, uh, but you're going four. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm waiting to find. At this point, I'm I'm waiting for the WBO to force
0: Eddie's Eddie's hand. At this point, they've been kind of nudging, like, "Hey, get the fight started." Hey, we wait for that show calls a lot of that mega fight didn't happen. I, I have to believe.
1: On. I <laughs> have to believe part of the holdup is the Usyk camp. Without knowing this, but knowing the sport and knowing mm-hmm. how these things work, the Usyk camp obviously has a problem with what is the rematch language, in part. Uh, who's going to get the bigger share of the rematch, who gets to dictate where the rematch is, because what if Usyk wants to have the fight uh, in uh, in Lithuania in, yeah. instead of in, in the UK? What, what if he wants to make the lion's share of the money What does the the rematch stuff dictate? That seems to me, because this would obviously be the biggest payday of Usyk's career to have this fight. It's not about the money for this fight. It's got to be about, just like the Ruiz fight, what am I signing over? What am I giving away in the rematch here that they're not agreeing with? Or maybe maybe more to the point uh, here that Hearn won't be specific about when the rematch has to take place, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's ambiguous and they want that more specific in the deal, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. But I got to believe my educated speculation is the reason we don't have an agreement right now. Maybe it's, you know, so supposedly, all right, from all the reporting and Hearn has yeah. been grandstanding again with the British media and everywhere that they have an agreement. They have an understanding. So mm-hmm. why is it not signed why is it not signed for a definite date? Why is it not announced for a definite date? Yeah. So, the only thing I'm connecting the dots on, it's got to be that they're not happy. Usuk's camp, his team, uh, what is it? Clemus, that is the uh, yeah. the promoter, Ajijas Clemus, I believe is how you say it. They yep. got to be unhappy with the terms of a possible rematch if they win. And that's what's that kind of language is holding it up on who gets to dictate where the fight is and that kind of stuff. I believe that's probably the case, TJ, because in the event that the Lusik was to
0: win this fight, and he's going to have this fight take place wherever he wants. And they didn't want to go for the same hoops that they did with the Andy Louise thing, where, when when Ruiz was, was spreading, not to fight, like you know, fight Joshua in Britain because he wanted a he wanted you know an actual you know a fair chance at a rematch, and that was almost holding up things as well. Then they decided to just throw more money in him in Saudi Arabia. And the there you go.
1: History. Well, and so again, uh, we'll wait. We'll have an announcement next week, right? I mean. Next week. <laughs> I'll keep track. We will have an announcement next week about Anthony Joshua, which by the way, he continues to post on social media about playing video games. Uh, so maybe he'll just keep playing video games throughout the summer while we wait to see if there is another fight uh, for him coming up. We do know this, Marquis standby. Ryan O'Hara coming from ringtv.com and the uh, the Ring magazine. Uh, he will be here to give some insight. What's going on with the undisputed lightweight fight that can't happen right now. That isn't happening. And when will it happen? If it happens, Teofimo Lopez, George Cambosis. I'll well, have insight on that the middleweight picture and more fight picks and fight odds. Also forthcoming as we roll along. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet, bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports, and games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today. You'll receive a special offer for up to $500 risk-free on a sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. And download the app today. Again, that's WYNNBet.com. And we're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on the NBA championship and the Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors ...on PropSwap. If you see a ticket you like but think the price is too high, submit a bid for the price that you think is fair and then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of the button and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket should be worth. In fact, just last week a prop swap customer purchased a Milwaukee Bucks ticket on a championship future getting it for $150 when they were down 1-nothing against the Brooklyn Nets. That same customer resold their ticket through PropSwap for $1,000 after the Bucks won Game 7 last week. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Kind of think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use our promo code SGP and your first deposit is for up to $500 in bonus cash. $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. That's Prop swap hey do you ever feel like you're always on and what do you do when you need a moment to chill how do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next every day it seems to be go 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 and it's nothing but non-stop hustle all the time well, guess what? You can reach for a Coors Light because it is made to chill. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button and do so with Coors Light. Reminder that Coors Light is cold, lagered, cold-filtered, cold, cold package. It's literally made to chill, and it's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unload. Wine. Once again, Coors Light, the official beer, by the way, of the NHL and the Stanley Cup playoffs is Coors Light. And when you are thinking that it is time to cool off, to be refreshed, Memorial Day weekend or throughout the summer, when you reach for a Coors Light, you know it's made to chill. So again, with whatever you're doing, however fast it's going, however hot it is, remember our friends at Coors Light. And a reminder the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us, it's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. We are back in, heading towards a weekend that has not one, not two, but three marquee main event fight cards from Atlanta to Vegas and even in Guadalajara, Mexico, covering all of it on Big Fight Weekend. And let us bring in... From Ring TV, we love the insight of Ryan O'Hara back on board of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Good to have you, my friend. As uh, as again, the fights are really heating up this summer. I know we're anxious to watch what happens this weekend. We've we've had action in the ring. We've got drama outside the ring. What else is new? How are you feeling, Ryan?
2: Doing great, TJ and Marquise. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, I'm excited for uh, the we have a, a packed schedule of fights, So uh, let's get it on.
1: All right, so the one the one fight right now that is still elusive on the schedule, and we honestly at the moment don't know when it's going to happen, and I still wonder now if it becomes and if it's going to happen. The undisputed lightweight title fight, Teofimo Lopez-George Cambosis, which I've lost track, Marquise and Ryan, help me, has it been canceled 72 times, 93 times, or 115 times that the fight was tentatively going to be rescheduled for August, Now it is being moved. You wrote on Ring TV, it is apparently being talked about for September. Tell us more here, because obviously just to set the table one one more time for a half second, Teofimo Lopez has tested positive for COVID-19, has symptoms, is not able to train at least in the last week or two. So that may be further muddying the timeline of training. Ryan, what do you know? Give us some insight on when or even if this fight between Lopez and Cambosis is still going to happen.
2: Well, I got word uh, from a source a couple days ago uh, that, that said that the fight wouldn't happen August 14th. How do you yeah, say his name? From the, from the Athletic. He was the first report that it's possible that it'd be moved to the uh, thriller card headlined by Oscar De La Hoya's exhibition against Vitor Belfort, the MMA star. So, and, and honestly, that would make sense because, you know, Oscar is still you know he's still a draw people need to realize that oscar was the original cash cow uh of the sport before floyd mayweather and floyd May- mayweather became the the cash cow by defeating oscar in 2007 their pay-per-view i forget you know the number i wrote a story on it but i don't remember the numbers but at the time it was the you know the highest grossing pay-per-view of all time before mayweather pacquiao surpassed it in 2015 so if Tia Fimo you know, fights, you know, in the chief support bout to the De La Hoya fight. He's going to have more eyes, you know, on his fight than he would have headlining his own card. So I think it's going to work out for him. Um, but, yeah, I think Triller rushed the gun a little bit by, you know, putting it on August 14th. Because people forget, you know, Virgil Ortiz and Igadijas Cavalioskis are fighting that day. Um, and then... There's, there's another fight that what, what, what's the other fight that's going on i, for, I forget there's right like now.
1: three of them aren't there there are three different fights that are already going on again from pbc espn and top rank on that same date uh and that was also the date by the way that magically eddie hearn kept talking about for the anthony joshua tyson fury will have an announcement next week we'll have an announcement next week we'll have an announcement next week it was targeted for august 14th and then of course it never happened uh So uh, interesting on that, that, that we don't know Um, if you had to gauge it, is it like 70 or 80% that it would be on that September card in Vegas and not a standalone fight anymore from what you're hearing from what your sources are saying, Triller's just decided this needs to be paired with something else. What about it, Ryan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm hearing. And it would make sense. You know, they're talking about staging the Delahoya Belfort fight at Legion stadium. Um, you know, where the, where the Las Vegas Raiders I almost at Oakland there, but it's gonna be the Las Vegas Raiders. They're they're gonna be, uh, be playing at that stadium, you know, here um coming up. So I think it would be a great idea. I mean, do I like exhibitions? Not really. Regis Progress had an interesting experience because I think that one of the reasons why he fought on that aspirin card, you know, was to get more exposure. But the only thing that got exposed was Ivan Redcatch's terrible acting skills.
1: <laughs> Very true on that. Marquise, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan, I want to, want to piggyback off of you and, and, and call
0: me a skeptic and, you know, maybe, maybe because like, we've been doing this for way too long. But I just don't think this fight, just uh, this, this keeping Lopez-Cambosa's fight happens. They keep pushing it back. This is like the 15th time as we mentioned earlier. They mentioned in September now. And the problem with that September date and everyone wants to keep putting everything in Las Vegas Allegiant Stadium home with the Raiders. So there's like there's only two problems with that. One, SummerSlam. Two, the Las Vegas Raiders are also on Saturdays taking occupancy of the UNLV running Rebels for college football this season. And people are forgetting a lot about that. So a lot of these dates over weekends are ghost. So in my question to you with this, Ryan, uh, if you were to gauge it one through ten, do you really think this fight happens? I mean, it's an IVF mandatory. It should be a chief support bout. It should be a main event. The original car was supposed to be here in Miami, back in Miami, and had everybody on split team management on it, now all those fighters can't fight either. So it's, it's a big mess altogether, but do you really see a snap fight really happening uh, at all, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's about
2: 70 80% that it happens that date. Um, and again, you, we also got to realize the IBF, unlike the other sanctioning bodies, the sa- the other sanctioning bodies include the WBO, WBC, WBA. They're kind of pushovers when it comes to you know, enforcing their rules. If you mm. violate any rule of the IBF, they just strip you, regardless – you know if there's an actual reason for why you can't follow their obligation they don't care they'll strip you for anything so i think that, that that's something that you got to keep in mind if Emo doesn't fight this guy he will get stripped because the, the IBF's a beast when it comes when it comes to following <laughs> their obligations and you know Emo loves to talk about undisputed well can't be undisputed if you don't have all the titles so i think he really they really just want to get this fight over with
1: and the perfect example is they didn't hesitate to strip uh, Canelo Alvarez two summers ago to Ryan's point and uh, and that's going to segue to something else that we're about to talk about here in a second with the current IBF middleweight champion, Gennady Golovkin. And one more point, Ryan knows this, Marquise knows this, and for the audience, Teofimo Lopez is due like over $3.5 million as a guarantee. So he's got every reason to keep Triller's feet to the fire, figuratively here, on I want this fight and I want you to pay me the $3.5 million that you promised at the purse bid. Whether or not that can be made to go away, I don't know. Again, Ryan O'Hara is with us. Uh, he's at O'Hara Sports on Twitter. You find him also on RingTV, RingTV.com, uh, writing and, and love his insight here as he's with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. All right, so I made reference to Gennady Golovkin. You tweeted this also as we head towards the weekend on Thursday uh, in the afternoon that the IBF champ Golovkin uh, is is slated supposedly to be fighting the Japanese WBA middleweight champion uh, ryoto murata in japan at the end of the year the question now becomes who's he fighting before that what are you hearing ryan and give us some more insight on on that on what's what's going on with the interim fight before the december fight well
2: i was told months ago that the that the plan all along was to have the Lufkin fight in the summer you know fight have a fight before the murata fight and you know it's june and you know, I started to get concerned a few days ago. I'm like, hey, so what's the deal? Because it's almost July. There's not a ton of time to promote anything, and so I reached out to some sources that you know have direct knowledge, and they immediately responded. Well, the issue is, you know, Triple G's in a dispute with his right now because they want, they're trying to force him to fight Andre. But you know, they didn't say that necessarily that he doesn't want to fight Andre, but he wants to select his own opponents. But these guys, these opponents, aren't quote unquote good. He kind of, the, the source kind of described them as bums, but I'm not going to go that far, but um, you know, he described them as, you know, not there. The, the opponents are not good and the zone needs a good return on their investments. People will realize that, you know, the zone paid a lot of money to get triple G under contract and they, they need a good return on their investment. And right now there's no one um, available for Andre to fight. That's any good. And there's no one available for triple G uh, to fight. That's any good unless these two fight each other, which is, this well,
0: is what fans want to see. They want to see compelling fights. I want to, want to piggyback off you, Ryan, actually with that, because uh, Triple G, as we all know, had to sign this big-time fight deal with the Zone. six fights. Uh, his fight resume out of these six fights guys so far. Steve Rolls, Camille Sametta, Survey Debrechenko. Not exactly murderer's role here. Uh, two of those were IVF mandatory contests. So needless to say, we need uh, golfing to actually fight an actual live body. And they're, they're mentioning uh, Andre. Andre would be the best name uh, for the summer in the meantime, but I know uh, they, the, they, they've been talking about Golovkin holding hostage with this fight for at, at New Year's Eve in Japan for the longest, and they, wanted, they want him to take another Steve Rolls kind of fight for in the meantime, but that's not going to happen as well. And I can see the zone's point with that because uh, they, want, they, need, they need money, obviously, because of everything going down. Do you really think, uh, Ryan, that the zone that and Golovkin actually dis- resolve this dispute at all, or did they just go their separate ways on all of this?
2: No, I haven't really heard how the dispute's going. I just heard that there's a dispute going on, um, which makes sense because if you want Golovkin to fight in the summer, there should have been an announcement already. Yeah. There should have been you know, at least a buildup. So it's my, it's my understanding that this dispute's ongoing. Um, I don't have any information when it's going to end. Uh, I just know that it's all over Andre. And um, I'm really uh, interested to speak to uh, Demetrius tomorrow, which is scheduled for around 12-ish. Uh, you know, hopefully it all goes to plan. I, I talked to his dad earlier today, and, you know, he saw the tweet, and he appreciated the tweet, but he also said that they're also interested in fighting Hami Munguia. Some guys were like, well, why are you going after a challenger? Well, from what I'm hearing from Paul, uh, Demetrius' dad, is that Munguia is going to be the mandatory challenger, and they just want to get that out of the way as soon as possible.
1: Okay. And that's a that's actually a very interesting fight. Nobody may be asking me, but that's an interesting fight for Andrade. And so, when you guys were talking about this back and forth, I think a lot of fans may feel the same way here too. I've seen this movie before. This was the same thing with DeZohn and Canelo Alvarez on what's a good opponent, what's a premium opponent, what's an acceptable opponent, and obviously there is language in the deal for DeZoned to be paying at least a large portion to Golovkin of we get to tell you no that opponent's not very good we're not going to pay you for that opponent and the other thing is Golovkin is 39 years old how much longer can he fool around here and still be somewhat like the Golovkin we remember even 3 or 4 years ago Ryan a quick a quick thought on father time
2: I I don't think he has many fights left honestly I mean Let's look back at the D- Deverian fight. He scored a knockdown the first round. He got hurt to the body. We saw Golovkin get hurt more times in that fight than we ever have, mm-hmm. ever. Um, and that, I think that was a sign. And he had that IBF uh, mandatory with Sheremeta. And, and perhaps Triple G's looking just you know for easy retirement money. And honestly, who could blame him if he's you know really not feeling it. Why not? It's kind of like what De La Hoya said after the Pacquiao fight. It's like, well, when you're physical, it doesn't respond. What can you do? You know, I got to look out. For, I got to look out for myself and my future plans and whatnot and just, you know, go from there. And, you know, Triple G might be at that stage. He, he hasn't taken you know a whole lot of beatings um, during his career. But like you said, he's 39 years of age. So, you know, even um, even one more bad fight could leave a, a detrimental impact in, on his career and, and, and his health.
1: And one more educated guess here. Is it more that he doesn't want to fight Andrade at all, in your opinion, just educated guess, or he doesn't want to fight him now and then have to fight Murata in December, that he only wants to fight one of those guys in the next six-month timeline?
2: You know, considering when you, when you um, say that point, you know, Murata, Murata that fight is already pretty much done, I think, for New Year's Eve. And you know it's kind of like when, you know, Golovkin fought erosion They want the IBF wanted him to fight Deveryenchenko, and look at what Devery Chanko did when they actually fought. So that that could be another thing. Maybe he wants an opponent that's you know not as good as advertised uh, to set himself up for that payday versus Murata. That's also a possibility. But Dzoun at this point is like, well, we're. A- we're, almost, we're half, almost basically halfway done with this deal and you haven't really given us much of anything. So you're going to, they're, they're pretty, it's kind of like a, you know, my way or the highway sort of thing.
1: All right. And, uh, and speaking of that, we got to let you hit the highway in a moment or two. Uh, Marquise and I are very interested in these fights this weekend. Gervonta Davis, Mario Barrios, uh, that one, the Showtime pay-per-view mm-hmm. in Atlanta, all the way out in Vegas, Vasily Lomachenko uh, against Nakatani, in a in a big time contender fight in the lightweight division. Speaking of the lightweight division, and then there's also Julio Cesar Martinez defending his super flyweight championship uh, in Mexico. Ryan, what, what if any of those three fights do they all intrigue you? Is there one more than the other that you're most interested in for this weekend?
0: I'm most intrigued to in see Lomachenko and Nakatani
2: personally. I know people are are probably uh, curious about the the Tank Davis fight in Barrios. Honestly, I'm not as intrigued about that fight. Because I don't personally rate Barrios very high, uh, I thought that he, lo- even though he scored two knockdowns over um, Badur Akhmadov, I still thought he lost the fight. Um, just looking at Barrios' reaction after the fight it was pretty clear to me that he thought he lost too. Um, you know, he, I would say that he balloons really easily. You know, from swelling, cuts, whatever, whatever it may be. And I think that Gervonta Tank Davis's power is eventually going to overpower him. And I, I'm, I'm predicting probably a knockout uh, by six rounds for for Gervonta Davis in that fight so when you look at the height you know that, that looks intriguing but when you go and and actually you know study the fighters and the styles I think this fight's pro- probably going to end in a knockout I'm also really interested to see Lomachenko fight Nakatani because uh, I, I would say one of the reasons why Lomachenko lost to Tiafimo Lopez was because he didn't do anything for six rounds and mm-hmm. well, if if this, if you only counted the second half of the fight, he would have won. But he didn't do much of anything the first half. So, you know, Nakatani's got a, you know a big uh, height advantage over him. But at the same time, Nakatani he gets he gets really hesitant, uh, especially when fighting on the inside. He kind of hesitates af- after throwing punches, and then is and then is a wide open for counter shots. And he's been down on the canvas several times. So if Lomachenko you know cuts off the ring is. He generally is really good at doing and, you know, takes away that height advantage from Nakatani, you know, get on the inside, get him uncomfortable, take away that jab. I think Lomachenko will win a decision. Nakatani, you know, has a pretty, has a pretty good jab and, you know, mixes in some, you know, hooks and uppercuts from the outside. But if he, he, he needs to keep Lomachenko at a distance to win this fight, but I don't think he'll be able to. I think Lomachenko, he's finally coming to realization that he actually lost to because for the first, what, couple months after the fight, it was box, copy is, you know, all you frauds, the judges, this and that. <laughs> and then he finally admitted, he finally admitted, he didn't say that he, he didn't say that he lost, but he said it was a draw, which is not a win. Before he was like, I won the fight. Now he's saying it was a draw, which translation is I actually lost. So I, I think that's actually progress. You know, Lomacheco is finally coming to, coming to the realization that he didn't win. And so I think he's going to, he's going to make a statement in this fight. Maybe not, maybe not win by knockout, but he's definitely, he's going to dominate Nakatani, in my opinion.
1: All right. We look forward to all of that action this weekend. Uh, Marquise, I know we always enjoy having Ryan O'Hara here on the podcast one more time. Go ahead, Marquise. Absolutely, Ryan. I uh,
0: just wanted to ask you to do with just one last question on this, actually. Uh, with, with, with the fights going on uh, going with, with this weekend and everything picking up, uh, what's the one fight you're looking forward to actually this summer that's not named Wilder Fury Fury? Uh,
2: I would say Pacquiao Spence. I, I definitely want to see that fight because – you know, it doesn't seem like Manny has lost much of his step. You know, you look at, you know, his uh, training videos and whatnot. But, you know, he hasn't been in a fight in two years. You know, Errol's still... Bingo. He's only had one fight since that car crash. Yeah. You know, I had an incident with the car once. And um, the effects from that crash didn't come in three years later. So, basically, the my, my Honda Pilot, the, the parking brake on it, like, popped out of gear. And I was behind it, got crushed by my own car. Now... Oh. Yeah, it, it was horrible. I can't even imitate how much pain I was in, but I didn't feel the repercussions for years later. And you know, finally, I'm I'm starting to live back uh, back pain free again. But I'm curious if if, if those injuries are going to flare up for for Spence because sometimes when when you go through it, you know, your brain is like, okay, you know, I survived, and then years later, like, ooh, you know, that something doesn't feel so, doesn't feel so right. So I'm interested to see if he's truly 100 percent because you know, Errol did admit that he was only 70 percent for Danny Garcia, uh, and still dominated the fight. And, of course, like I said, Manny hasn't been in the ring in a while. Um, I mean, Manny's human like everyone else. So it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, Spence has never fought anyone like Pacquiao. And everything that Errol has, Manny has seen before, but not at the age of 42. And I I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think it's going to go the distance.
1: Love the insight. Again, O'Hara Sports on social media, on Twitter. Find him at Ring TV. Uh, We appreciate you making time for us on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. We're anxious to see what happens this weekend and throughout the summer. Ryan, thank you.
2: Thank you, guys. Thank you, TJ. Thank you, Marquise. And, uh, yeah, ringtv.com for the latest and greatest in boxing news.
1: Gives us a great time to remind you that our friends at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, very trendy, right in the heart of the Vegas Strip. They are proud sponsors of what we're doing right here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. If you are headed out to Vegas for whatever the occasion is, we we recommend the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Uh, because again, whether you're talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs with the Vegas Golden Knights, look like they are e-ticketed to be in the Stanley Cup Finals. If you're headed out there, if you're headed for Wilder Fury in the summer, for Spence Packy Hour, just to take vacation or go and play with Nevada opening back up again. Las Vegas opening back up again uh, with the post-COVID-19 pandemic here. The guidelines being loosened up and more and more casinos, restaurants going to full capacity, entertainment shows coming back. The Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, great place to stay over all these different amenities, over twelve different choices of restaurants and food stops just within the cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Over a hundred thousand feet of casino, sportsbook, et cetera, to go and wager on. Two different luxury pool levels, by the way, including the cabanas and uh, all the special treatment there. They've got the spa at at the Cosmopolitan, just about anything that you would want. It's the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. Check them out at CosmopolitanLasVegas.com for more information. And again, we are proud to pump them as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Well, we love talking to Ryan there with the insight uh, as uh, as everything starts to unfold this weekend again from Atlanta to Guadalajara, Mexico to Las Vegas with these different fight cards. All right. So that leads us right in Marquise Johns. Uh, Ryan was saying the Lomachenko fight probably intrigues him. Uh, more so than the davis barrios pay-per-view in atlanta for for barrios's 140 pound regular title for the wba which by the way i'll make mention again i wrote this on bigfightweekend.com josh taylor has all four of the belts josh taylor is the world champion for the wba and uh, you know i get the fact that the tank davis is a selling card on pay-per-view but this is not a world championship belt that he is fighting for uh you know it's it, it's a it's a regular title it's an interim title it's a it's an extra value meal if you will at mcdonald's version of the title that's me saying that so anyway i'll put the same question to you How, are yeah. you are you that much intrigued by davis barrios are you more intrigued by by lomachenko nakatani in las vegas
0: i'm more intrigued with nakatani Fried tj nothing with, with the tape what tank what t- davis needs spice TJ, pay pay-per-view and you're being nice. You call this, you know, free a WBA reg uh, Reggie title here. My, at the end of the day, TJ, this is just a showcase fight for Tank Davis. That's all this is. And uh, the the only hook on this one is that, that 140 because Tank Davis, you know, his weight fluctuates. And to his credit, TJ, I've I've seen Tank Davis on several occasions. Well, I was in Atlanta for 2019 when he knocked out Gamboa in 12 rounds. That his weight because he's a small kid. He's a tank, and he his weight fluctuates. He may have been 165 at that post fight conference when I saw him wow. for Gamboa. So. I can see why this is at 140. That's why I think it's interesting. That That's really the only interesting part about all of this to see what version of Tank Davis at 140 shows up. The actual fight itself, I think, is all but academic. I mentioned, I think Ryan mentioned that, like a six-round knockout for a burial. So I, I, I think Bears is a little more game than that to stay away from Tank more often than not, to make take, make take, make Davis come towards him a little bit more, kind of like what Gamboa did for a little bit, despite having one good leg for about half the fight, if not all of it. So it, it, it's more of that, but no, I just don't think I don't think Bruce is that big of a deal. And I saw, I saw Ellerby this week talking about, you know, Josh Taylor, like, oh, he's not a pay-per-view selling draw and whatnot. But at the end of the day, either you <laughs> want the money or you want the titles. Obviously, he's fighting for money now. At some point, James Davis is going to have to fight an actual live body for some of these titles, and that's what we're all waiting for here.
1: Yeah, Leonard Ellerby again, who's been long associated as a yes-man and carnival barker for Floyd Mayweather, uh, <laughs> was trying to act like that that Josh Taylor wouldn't be a draw, uh, because Josh Taylor fought in the top rank show, and there were only about a 1,000 people allowed in the venue where they are in Nevada. Uh, here's the reality, and this is important. Jo- when Josh Taylor fought Regis Prograis, it was sold out at the O2 Arena yeah. in London uh, for the unified version of the 140-pound title. If Josh Taylor were to have a fight with Gervonta Davis at an outdoor stadium in the U.K., they would all things being equal with what's allowed to be there. They would have 20,000, 30,000 or 40,000 fans that are there. And it's not because of Gervonta Davis. It would be because of Josh Taylor. So enough of that uh, on, on who's the drawing card, because you're absolutely right. I mean, you put, you put 10 casual sports fans in the room. You showed them a photograph of Mario Barrios and you asked them, who is this? you may not get one person who knows who that is. And I'm not saying yeah. they necessarily know who Josh Taylor is either, but they yeah. definitely don't know who Mario Barrios is yeah. for Davis to be fighting him. And the 15,000 plus at state farm arena uh, that we're talking about here that are probably in, in the crowd in Atlanta, are they're there to see tank Davis. We get it, but it's no different than Josh Taylor fighting in the UK or in Scotland. There'd be 15,000 or 20,000 there to see him in that part of the world. And he's got all four titles at 140 tank davis minus 400 by the way as we get into the odds a little bit on on a couple of these fights real quick yeah Uh, barrios plus 300 as the underdog i don't see an under over on the rounds for Hmm. davis to maybe get a knockout or not you you believe it goes longer than six rounds though
0: yeah i think it goes about seven or at least seven to nine rounds i don't don't think but tank isn't Tank's one of those guys, TJ, and we've seen him in Tank Davis fights. Either he puts you away within two rounds or he slaps off a little bit and he finds a way to take you out after the fact. And that's kind of what I think was going to happen here because I think Barros is at least that good enough to stay physically active away from this guy.
1: Concern on Tank Davis again moving up and the punching power still being there. He's never fought at 140. The last fight with Santa Cruz, the devastating knockout, was at 135. Is there some concern? that this guy can take his punch until we see it, until we see that Davis's punch does translate like it has at the smaller divisions into 140? That's the only – honestly, teacher, that's the million-dollar
0: question with all this, is if, if Davis's power translates with all of this. I think it may add more influence the fact that his weight just fluctuates so much with all of this, but I'm really intrigued with, with Barrios only because of a – from a heightened distance standpoint, It's a lot of fights going on this weekend, teacher, where you're seeing a guy, you know, the lengthier guy facing the shorter guy, i.e. Lomachenko versus – OC Nakatani, that's his name. There you go. But uh, it's one of those deals. And, and it, it's 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 the same setup. And we'll, that's really the question. Can 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 either, can Davis get inside and, and, and do the same thing he did to Santa Cruz? Because it, 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 these are two different guys.
1: All right. Interesting on the odds, again, we do this for sports gambling podcast and the yeah. and the dot com that Vasily Lomachenko in the top rank ESPN Las Vegas main event minus 1400 14 to 1 to win this. Uh, Masayoshi Nakatani is plus 850 as the underdog so that is a much wider favorite for Lomachenko who has been off for what nine months off the shoulder surgery that he's had he's getting a lot of respect from the odds makers there Marquise TJ I'm gonna be honest with you Nakatani is a live dog in this and I kind of
0: like those numbers or Nakatani for one reason and one reason only. I, I, the winner of this fight, TJ, is he um, – he I think what they're trying to plan is to have that rematch with Vasily – not Vasily, but with T.P. Lopez. Both these guys have faced and lost to Lopez, and of course they want revenge for all of this. Nakatani before he faced – before uh, Lopez faced Kami for the IBF title. And then, uh, of course, his T.P. was like last fight against Lomachenko himself. to become undisputed. I think Nakatani it poses the same problems for Lomachenko that Tefima Lopez does because he's a lanky guy and he throws at weird punches and angles. The, the only setback that he has different from Tefima Lopez is he's not going to be probably as aggressive as I think O'Hara mentioned what, in terms of like, you know being hesitant and patient and whatnot. But I, he can cause a problem with this, TJ. I think really if, there's, if you only play on that card, nothing against Lomachenko is to go with the underdog on that.
1: Well, and bear in mind, Nakatani got into this position with the wild fight with Felix Verdejo, where Nakatani, what, he was knocked down. He was at least hurt. Wasn't he knocked down, not got out. up, not, knocked uh, Verdejo down, and then stopped Verdejo yeah. to win that fight, and that has now put him in position to fight Lomachenko here and, and maybe screw up a Lomachenko rematch with Teofimo yeah. Lopez. We got so many subplots. This is like the Young and the Restless or General Hospital <laughs> uh, here with all of this. That we got so many subplots. Is the Lopez Cambosis fight going to actually happen, like you were theorizing and asking Ryan a few minutes ago? If it doesn't happen, are we proceeding directly to the rematch? With uh, I could I could see this. All right, for example, mm-hmm. what you were talking about, I could see Lomachenko winning and winning impressively. Yeah, and the Lopez thing progresses along, and Lopez says, "You know what? I don't want to fight George Cambosis, and I'm willing to forgive." The, the three mil that Triller was supposed to pay me. Hey, Bob Arum, you pay me three mil and we'll do the Lomachenko rematch instead. In October or November, give Lomachenko a little time here. October, November, we'll just do that rematch again. I could see that happening. Then again, it's not me. Then again, Lopez may see dollar signs and say, hey, I'll take every bit of the 3.5, 3.7, whatever he's getting from mandatory, that again, Triller was paying double more than what matchroom boxing or top-ranked boxing we're going to pay for that fight, Lopez mm-hmm. may see dollar signs and just say, hey, I want to count the money right here, and then I'll have Lopez, or I'm sorry, I'll have Lomachenko theoretically in the rematch as a December, a January, or a February fight where we get, again, I get three or four or five million dollars for that.
0: It makes sense, uh, TJ. And, and to piggyback your point, I can go up to one step further. Now uh, that uh, Lopez and Bob Ayrman, Top Rank, are all buddy-buddy again, and they made an re- agreement for a potential pay-per-view fight just before he caught COVID in October, uh, I, I'm pretty sure the winner of that Lomachenko-Nagatani uh, fight was probably going to be that pay-per-view fight if I had to spitball here. Right. It, and it would have made, made more sense had it been you know, Lopez Lomachenko being on pay-per-view because it was a big-time fight that happened during the pandemic that had big ratings and numbers. It makes sense. It, it, it makes everybody happy all together. And so I can well, see that happening.
1: And the other thing uh, with this is the first fight was not a pay per view fight. It was on main ESPN and it drew well. It drew yes. like a, almost 2 million people watching that main event last October. So the theory would be put it on pay per view and then does it get 300,000 buys, 500,000 buys for whatever your budget is for the pay per view? Let's see uh, on that we got to get out of here in a moment or two on the big fight weekend podcast also Julio Cesar Martinez we've been talking about this WBC uh, super flyweight world title fight here at 115 pounds Uh, Martinez and Joel Cordova. Uh, Get ready to do battle here. Actually the WBC flyweight championship. I may have been saying super flyweight, but WBC flyweight championship. This fight's been delayed a couple of times because of COVID-19. Martinez was also either sick or injured. They're finally Mm -hmm. fighting in Guadalajara, Mexico. He is heavily favored at minus 3000 at 30 to one here to win over Cordova. Is there much to pay attention to here? Matchroom boxing Canelo's new promotion. Mm -hmm. That's the main event Saturday night in Mexico. Are you intrigued slightly here? I'm intrigued slightly
0: by that for two reasons, TJ. Not the actual fight card itself up and down. The fight card itself up and down is really not that strong, even for a Mexican card. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how fast uh, Martinez uh, is recovering from this injury that he had. To knock out Cordova, I don't think Cordova has any shot whatsoever, TJ, on this on this fight whatsoever. But I'm also intrigued All because right. this, this is the first Canelo fight under his new promotional banner in Mexico, so obviously he's going to be there. He was he was he was in town last weekend for uh, the uh, that Anderson Silva Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. debacle. So needless to say, he's in the neighborhood. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Cannell is going to say about that and his promotionality and how he, how he looks to expand his empire in in, in, the, in the promotional field.
1: Well, and again, uh, Canelo Alvarez, a superhero right now in Mexico, but the fact that he was paying homage to Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. and his uh-huh. exhibition, he was there. And then they even stopped in the middle of the exhibition, fooling around with Hector Camacho Jr., the son of the legend. Yeah. Uh, and, and Chavez Sr. was waving Canelo up, come up onto the ring apron, come be in my corner. I mean, all of that was orchestrated like the WWE oh, yeah. here. We're back to Summer SummerSlam again, but clearly – Canelo promoting this fight. Canelo wants to fight there again at some point. He wanted to have a fight. He wanted to fight Yildirim earlier this year in Mexico, but they couldn't because of the COVID guidelines and the the increasing numbers. They couldn't make it happen where it was going to even have fans there. So is Canelo setting the stage? Maybe that after this Caleb Plant fight, there would be another fight potentially that would be in Mexico for him. Let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's going to happen. All right. Any other fight before we go either on the showtime pay-per-view premier boxing champions in Atlanta, top rank ESPN card in Las Vegas, or this matchroom card in Mexico, any other fight or fighter to keep an eye on. We always love you for that a- as part of the podcast and the website.
0: Absolutely. T.J. The one fight I want to keep an eye on the uh, Tank Davis pay-per-view is the co-main event with Erickson Luba and Jelson Rosario. The last time we all, TJ, we saw Jelson Rosario. He was absolutely annihilated by, uh, a uh, little Charlo, uh, it would, would that, not with pretty much that that body shot, which him shaking on the yeah. ground. So we're looking to see how he's going to recover from that. It's going to be an interesting fight because I think that this this puts the the winner of this fight back in a rematch situation with Charlo at some point because it, it's, it's 154. And it's a busy division, and I'm I'm intrigued to see how Rosario looks with this. He's he's favored in this fight, TJ, but no, he's he's the other dog in this fight. But I don't. I, no, he's. I, I'm, I'm. I'm thinking Lubin wins again here, and and they, they, they keep they keep us moving along that, and that sets up possibly a chance for Lubin Charlo too, which may bring up the once again the conversation team that you mentioned earlier in the the podcast about Big Charlo
1: moving up in weight. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you hear Little Charlo doing the exact same thing. I love I love how you call them Big Charlo and Little Charlo. They're Char, they're twins and they were born like two minutes apart. So yeah. So, but in the case Big of Meryl Jamal. He's been he's been Jamal has been fighting at middleweight at 160, while Jermel is going for undisputed at junior middleweight at 154. Mm -hmm. And Jermel Charlo seems content to stay there at 154 and rule and dominate in that division. There's a couple of other guys that he may be interested in fighting at 154, even after the fight with Castanio, the undisputed fight that's coming up. Uh, we'll see on that. couple more moments, by the way. The finale of the four-part docuseries from Showtime, The yes. Kings, with Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Thomas Hitman Hearns, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, The final of the four will air for the first time on Showtime Network proper. Again, if you have Showtime On Demand and the Showtime app, they made all four of them available. We were talking about this, Marquise, in your absence last week uh, on the podcast, that they had made all four available if you have Showtime On Demand or if you have the app that that you could see all four. If you just have Showtime cable through the cable box, through the dish, through whatever – The fourth one is about to happen, and this is where we're building to Leonard versus Hagler, the super fight, April 1987, uh, and everything has been building to that moment. And I have now seen the fourth and final one. I know you've seen them all, including the fourth and final one. they got to get a load of this. One more plug for Showtime Sunday night as they debut on the network, the fourth and final installment of the Kings. Absolutely, TJ. Big
0: fan of this Kings series up and down, all four pieces of it. To any detractors who have seen the first three parts so far, the one the, the, the one Chris is, I've, I've heard repeatedly is that there's a lot of folks, you know, because they don't want to talk about the the, the politics and sports. You may have heard that before, and of course, they, the, the documentary pretty much lays out the whole economics process of the '80s at the time as as, as kind of a backdrop to the, the documentary. A, a lot of folks hate that. Guess what, guys? The four part spoiler alert doesn't do anything with that. So enjoy, and it's, it's going to be good. it's actually a good one to
1: watch. Well, and and that was again we cannot convey this enough. I'm going to get one more plug in for the previous yes. podcast we did with Brian Dugan, who is the author of the book Superfight. He wrote an entire book on Leonard Hagler and how much it intrigued him. Very detailed, interviewed both fighters extensively over the years, uh, and wrote. Uh, several hundred pages, as it turns out, on this fight. It was that big of a deal. It was the richest fight. I know Ryan O'Hara was talking about De La Hoya Mayweather. And of course, the Tyson fights that came after Leonard and Hagler were lucrative all over the place. But the De La Hoya Mayweather became the most lucrative and then and then Pacquiao Mayweather in 2015. But the richest fight up until that time ever was Leonard Hagler, where they were both guaranteed $10 million. The fight generated 10 times that. Again, in the 1980s economic times, it was massive. Um, so again, Brian Dugan talked with us at length on this podcast. Go back in our archive, and you'll see Brian Dugan back probably about six, eight weeks ago, where we did the interview with him uh, on the podcast archive. And you can listen for 15 or 20 minutes where we're talking about that uh, because he wrote the whole book. About this, so intrigued. He's a guy from Northern Ireland, and he was so intrigued as uh as a contemporary of mine, as a late teenager. Uh, God, I cannot believe that was 34 years ago that, that Leonard and Hagler fought, but he was so intrigued in the UK by by how amazing those uh fights had been between the kings, and it all culminated with Leonard finally fighting Hagler off of Hagler having knocked out Thomas Hearns. Leonard had the wins over Duran and over Hearns. And now these two were actually going to fight. And Showtime lays it all out on Sunday night one more time. One more time. Anything else you want to say? Absolutely, TJ. The Four
0: Kings documentary, Showtime, Sunday
1: night, at 9 p.m. Eastern. Please
0: check it out if you haven't. Highly recommend it. It wraps up, it puts a great, it puts a great bow on the entire Four Kings series and every another one involved.
1: And if you've missed the first three, again, if you can get access to Showtime On Demand or if you have the Showtime app, you can go find the first three if you're just hearing us and going, what are you talking about yeah. uh, here on the... I mean, presumably, most of our audience is hardcore boxing fans, and we've been talking about this for a month leading up to it. We've been writing about it all over the site, and yeah. so is everybody else everywhere else. So I find it hard to believe if you're a boxing fan in this country, you haven't known about this documentary series, but the first three episodes have all already happened, but you can go back and review those, Showtime On Demand and through the app, through the online part, and then the fourth one comes out, obviously, on Sunday night. All right, we're going uh, to be all over these fights this weekend, writing about them in the preview mode and uh, the writing about them in the recap mode, et cetera, whether it is Davis Barrio, Showtime Pay-Per-View Atlanta, Premier Boxing Champions, whether it is Lomachenko, Nakatani, top-ranked ESPN, over-the-air cable card uh, that will be taking place Saturday night, or Julio Cesar Martinez, WBC Flyweight Championship to Zone Streaming. We're writing about them in the preview mode and in the recap mode this weekend.
0: Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com, resource for all things boxing news, past, present, and future. We'll keep an eye on on, on the busy weekend of fights going on here. Did want to give a quick plug as well uh, for those overseas in the, in the UK. Uh, MTK Fight Night on Friday afternoon has Jay Harris in a title eliminator for the IBF. Uh, you may have seen Jay Harris uh, fighting uh, re- a blast in, but- most folks are saw fighting and losing in a fun one against Julio Cesar Martinez, who's fighting this weekend. He's a pretty IVF mandatory at flyweight, so we'll see what happens with that. And, and also as well with this weekend with these fights cards, DJ, the one thing I'm looking forward to with, with this is someone's guaranteed, at least on two of these cards, to have highlight reel knockouts. pretty much similar to what we had this past weekend with Gabe Rosario absolutely obliterating Beck the Bully on that Golden Boy card show. And uh, yep. anyway, with the liver shiver of the year so far. I, I expect to see more of it this weekend.
1: Yeah, maybe it's Javante Davis with the big shot. Maybe it's Lomachenko with the big shot, with the big knockout. We'll find out for all those fights. Marquise, great job. Thank you, my friend. Absolutely, DJ. Thanks so much. And Marquise can be found at Weak Sauce Radio. Love the Twitter handle at Weak Sauce Radio. Find uh, Ryan O'Hara, our guest from Ring TV at O'Hara Sports. Uh, You can tweet at us at Big Fight Weekend. Follow us on Twitter. Follow the Facebook page as well. Uh, Big Fight Weekend is where we are. Read the website, bigfightweekend.com. For now, we are done. Enjoy the fights this weekend. We're back next week in July. It will be July when we're back with you again. That means it's Fury Wilder Fight Month in July when we're back with you. For now, we're done on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the action this weekend and read the website, bigfightweekend.com. Bye.